sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the weekly Holland Sentinel sports staff podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. Um, we had a great show last week with some special guests for the first time. We've got another guest uh, this week, uh, and that is Hamilton senior uh, Caleb Essing from uh, Cover Hawkeye Sports, and uh, he's going to talk about a lot of things with us this week. Um, we've got uh, our assistant sports editor, Chris Zadarazny, here. I'm not even going to let us say his own name. Oh, that's, that's hurting. <laughs> um, that's his, uh, that's that's his penance for blowing the picks. Yeah, um, I figured. So we've got a lot of things to talk about as we kind of morph into the football and basketball season at the same time situation that we have going on now every year at this time. Um, we're going to start with the Michigan-Ohio State game. Obviously a big talker um this weekend it was a huge game uh, michigan came in ranked number four ohio state was number 10 and ohio state thumped michigan 62 to 39 correct yep it's the most points michigan's ever given up ever not to ohio state not in the harbaugh era ever in regulation and it's hard to think of a team that got thumped when you score 39 points yeah Um, but man did they get thumped and it was something that no one saw coming i mean even every expert no one saw this coming i mean even if you thought ohio state was going to win it it probably could have been a close win right um so chris i'm going to start with you just what in the world happened well i watched the first half and then after the first half ended i left to do some family things on that saturday um and got the recap on what happened. But watching the first half, it, it showed me all I needed to know about how Michigan operates under Jim Harbaugh in big games and that he doesn't have a game plan. He kind of gets a little panicked and overthinks a lot of things and just doesn't do the things that he needs to do as a head coach. Um, Michigan looked like a, a team that you would bring in the week one or two and pay a few million bucks to, to lose a game. That's what it looked like, to be honest with you. Shea Patterson was about as average as he's been all season long. Not good, not great, not terrible. He threw one pick and had three touchdowns. That's that's a pretty good day, right? I mean, against a team like Ohio State? Certainly, certainly. But Michigan's number one defense in the country just got destroyed and looked like they were uh, orange barrels out out there just standing around. They got beat on every play. And kudos to Ohio State for watching those films and getting prepared for this game because they knew exactly what they wanted to do. And they did it almost the entire game. Well, and so Michigan's corner number twenty-eight. I'm blanking on his name now, but they picked on him. Yeah, that was. They I think scored, that was True Wilson. Yeah, they scored five True Wilson. touchdown passes. Four of them were on him, one on one. Yeah, this is where Harbaugh comes up short to me. Is that when that continues to happen, it took them too long to try some zone, and they haven't played zone all year. They'd had no backup plan. It, after two touchdowns, you know that guy's got to have help all the time on this speedier receiver. Yeah. And it just continued and continued and continued. It was horrible to watch. It's like It was almost like watching a firing squad. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. And they just kept going right at him. Yeah. It was – if you're a Michigan fan, you're, I mean, you're – I don't know how you're not disappointed after this, this game. I mean, this was the game Devastated. you expected to win. You were predicted to win. And with the number one defense. With the number one defense. But points. it just it didn't happen. And 
to me that all falls on the coaching staff you you got to get your guys ready for that this is year four of harbaugh and and he is he is on he's a first michigan coach to go on four against ohio state and there's oh and seven in the past seven yeah. and what 14 out of 15 that's abysmal it's horrible and and i know michigan prides itself on its championships that they've won and the history that they've had and they and they should because it's a it's a great program but they haven't won the national title since 1997 they haven't been relevant from since lloyd Carr left until maybe so about that one, that one sugar bowl year and may, yeah that and that was a kind of a fluky year with under brady hoke with guys from its rod's era that kind of uh worked for one year right but since jim since jim harbaugh came aboard this program everyone's been excited about him and i don't understand the excitement after this game still or what is the reasoning behind why people think he's still the guy in four tries he hasn't beaten ohio state i don't care that he lost in uh, a couple years ago with by an inch uh against ohio state where it could have been a spot and that could have been a win doesn't matter it's still a loss a loss is a loss so i mean i I was under the impression this year that he was on the hot seat. He beat Michigan State and Penn State and Wisconsin very uh, convincingly to me. I thought, okay, good. He's on his right track for this program to get back into national title contention. And then it's it's just a complete mess. It's a dumpster fire after Ohio State. I think he earned himself another year or two. Yeah, 10-2 and two with two both losses. Oh, absolutely. That's, 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 a, that's a really good season. But under Michigan standards, where they want to be the best, and they still have yet to win a Big Ten title, and this is the path they're going to continue on. If, if this looks what it looks like, I mean, I'm I'm back to I'm back to where I thought thought I was in the beginning of the season, where I'm Harbaugh's not the guy, right? And the two losses were to two rivals, exactly. And if you remember week one of our podcast, I'm going to come back and toot my yes. horn a little bit. Yeah. I predicted that Michigan would, since all three rivalry games were on the road, that Michigan would win one of those three, lose the other two, and win the rest of their games. Yeah. Lo and behold. And they did they exactly that. Yeah, they did it's exactly nice that. It's nice to feel like an expert every now and yeah. again. Well, um, you know your stuff sometimes. 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 <laughs> um, that doesn't make the last week any easier for anybody. That Certainly not. Brutal. I never would have expected it like that. I thought Ohio State was going to win by seven, maybe ten. Sure. Um, being at home and loving to play the spoiler. I mean, Michigan did that to Ohio State in 97 yeah. when they won the national – when Michigan won the national championship – they were four, and Ohio State was two, and they came into the big house and took care of business. Yeah, you know, so it, it's one. It was kind of one of those situations that I saw developing, especially in Columbus. Would have been a little different, yeah. but you still got to be. I mean, they didn't look ready. No, not at all. Not at all. How do you not look ready for yeah. any game? Especially, especially the game. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so they're going to need to fix some things. They lost a three-star recruit on Monday. Rashawn Gary is going to the NFL on Monday. He that was announced. So. Jim Harbaugh has his hands full for next year, and, and this was supposed to be the year, and now it's and it's not. It didn't happen for them. So now what is next? Well, I, get, I get the question because I'm, I'm the person who says Harbaugh shouldn't be the guy, and I, I still believe that. But the question I get a lot is, so who's the next guy? Well, we don't know. I mean, that's not, that's not our problem to worry about. That's, that's right. the search committee eventually, right? Well, the problem is every time you change coaches, you go through the same – Oh, absolutely. With recruits and different recruits coming and getting, waiting to get a coach their recruits. And it's just, I think Michigan fans saw too much of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, it was a bad choice the past couple of times. Right. Well, that they're going to get, that Harbaugh's going to get un, maybe unwarranted extra time. Sure. Because of that. Sure. So, Which, to me, doesn't make sense because he's on the same path as Hoke was, and Hoke was gone 
exactly. almost immediately at, around this time of the year. If so. I can chime in your second. Absolutely. Yeah. We Let's love see, it. Yeah. We want to hear what you yeah. have to say. Um, I am a Spartan fan. It's been kind of been a down year for us. But the thing that I always go back to is, like, even though Michigan State's in a down year and Ohio State is still really good but not by any means the best Ohio State team ever, under since 2010, uh, Michigan's been – second in the east like four times like three times either like three times to ohio state and once to michigan state and they've been right there and they've just been a play away in the big games yeah they've had teams that are good were good enough to beat those good michigan state teams and good enough to beat those good ohio state teams and they've just been a few plays away yeah and that's they bamboozled me this year yeah. i really did think this was the year for them to beat ohio state too Certainly. even though when it got down to it yeah i did not think they were going to win in columbus when ohio state blocked the punt that's when I was like, oh, man, it's their yeah. day. It's their day. Yeah, that yeah. Was, it was impressive showing from Ohio State. So if they're, if they're right there, how do you get that next step? Is that's, that's a question that they're going to have to answer right. throughout the entire offseason. And it looked like they got the that fumbled kickoff and they scored twice in oh, six yeah. seconds right before the half. And you thought, okay, they could re- reset here. It's halftime. Bring the energy now. Still, it got yeah, worse. It, it didn't happen. That it was got worse. The third quarter was the worst quarter I've ever seen anybody play. And so, looking back at that game, if you look at those plays, you take away those, those couple plays, it's less points for Michigan. It's right. less points. That, that doesn't happen. So, it was really an abysmal showing. It was awful. So, Caleb's a Spartan fan. His Spartans didn't fare that much better this week. Uh, at barely, least they won, though. <laughs> barely beating Rutgers in the last couple minutes. Uh, Rutgers, who is now one and eleven, on Senior Day. Yeah. Same thing. Where's the energy? I mean, I know their offense is struggling this year. It's a struggling offensive year. But come on. What happened there? Well, Michigan is the same story as always for Michigan State. I mean, I don't want I, – it's very biased as a Spartan fan. But if you, if you pair a decent, not even a great offense, but just a decent offense with the state team, they could be contending for a college football play. They have not given up – look at their loss to Michigan. They gave up 21. Their loss to Ohio State, they gave up 26. Trust to Nebraska, they gave up nine. I mean, they haven't been torched on D all year. Their defense is keeping them in games and their offense. It, it was sad when Rutgers went up 7-0, and I legit looked at my mom and the guys were like, I don't know if we can come back from this. Right. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Michigan well, State's defense is one of the best in the country. Right. They've, they've, they've scored, what, two touchdowns in three games? Yeah. They were, against Ohio State, they had two field goals, and against Nebraska, they had two field goals. Yeah. And then they had to get two touchdowns just to – Win fourteen, and they scored on a, they scored on a reverse to win it. It wasn't yeah. even like they just pounded it down their throats. Yeah. They needed like a, a, a you know like a gimmick play to yeah. win it. That's crazy. Yeah, they don't have L. J. Scott. He's he's done for the year. He's or Felton shirt. Davis or right. Felton Davis. They got a quarterback situation. Went from Lewerke to Lombardi. And I still I still don't think Lewerke's a hundred percent there because I saw Lewerke last year. He looked like a solid quarterback, and he just doesn't have it yeah. this year. I, I think he's I think he's not healthy yet. He's definitely he was definitely injured, and then that's when he went out mm-hmm. and, and Lombardi came and looked looked really good, and then they put him back in, and it was kind of a flip flop. And when you do that with your offense, mm-hmm. when you're flip flopping quarterbacks, it doesn't. And when it's not it's well. not all on the quarterback, but Lombardi looked bad on Saturday, really bad. Yeah, twenty nine point four QBR rating. That's that's not good. It's not really good. <laughs> Nineteen for forty three. I mean, you don't have. A kind of a, a a stud receiver either they got some good receivers but right. no guy that's going to break you know uh, a run right on a pass so it's right. it's tough for the offense they they hopefully they get it back next year where they get some good recruits and, and start building that program up again it's not like they're bad they're just it's kind of a down ish right. year see that that it's like well wow we're a couple pieces offensively away certainly from being great not just good um but at the same time i feel like it's kind of one of those years 
those just any years that you want to that you'll forget as a, yeah. as a fan because there wasn't anything to really get excited about. There wasn't anything necessarily detrimental, although the nine six loss to Nebraska was no good. But it was like it was just eh. it's like Le'Veon Bell's senior year, Michigan State went seven and six, and it's like that year I felt like it was like oh, we wasted Le- we wasted Le'Veon Bell like his last his senior year we kind of wasted him. That's what I feel like this year with this defense. We wasted one of the best defenses in the country because we couldn't put up two three scores a game for yeah. sure. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Division Two, the Division Two playoffs. Yeah, um, Caleb is a Division Two expert um, and a Ferris State fan to uh, show throw that out there to everybody, um, but knows his stuff about Ferris and Grand Valley and Division Two football. Um, yeah, Caleb, just tell us what you saw from from both of those teams this year. Um, <clears throat> I was very impressed uh, with Grand Valley when I saw them uh, at. At lovers against Ferris, I felt like Nick Dodson was like playing on Sunday's level, good at receiver. I thought he was good. Um, but one thing I did notice is the Ferris D, which is a good defense. Um, Grand Valley had 500 yards passing against Grand, uh, against Ferris, which sounds good. But you talked to Tony Anitz after the game, and he said, "Well, we made him one dimensional," which blows my mind because Shantez Moss is Grand Valley's running back. He transferred from Pittsburgh. And they they should have been able to run the ball a little better this year. They were they were they were still a good team. They only had two losses, um, but in the same sense, they almost lost to Davenport. So it right. it was kind of like the same thing you're talking about with Michigan this year. You know, mm-hmm. a good team, but not one of the Grand Valley teams that you look back on and say, oh, you know, they're great. And but I was I was not surprised to see them lose to Northwest Missouri State. I feel like you and I were even texting about the rematch. I was gonna I said, like, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but I was stunned to see Northwest Missouri State just run up and down Grand Valley. Right. Uh, you know, Grand Valley's got some huge, huge guys in there. They've got some transfers that are just dynamic on D. You would think they would be able to stop the run. Um, but Northwest Missouri hit one pass right away early in the game and then just ran the ball down Grand Valley's throat, and it kind of, you know, wrote the Lakers' fate there when they got down. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's uh... – it was. I, I was not expecting. I would. I wasn't surprised that Northwest Missouri State won. They've been a great program for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, the way it happened was just. It's just a head scratcher. It was just. I mean, I feel like there was a few games this year for Grand Valley that was just head scratcher games. And I'm not talking about the one that Bart Williams was hurt and right. didn't play very much. But it was just one of those years, like the, where you expect more. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've they've demanded this level of excellence which is great right but it's it's really it just shows how hard it is to keep that up year after year well and another thing that laker fans are getting frustrated at i'm gonna kind of brag a little bit here but matt mitchell matt mitchell was a four and oh against ferris state to start his career and ever since tony and he took the job he's two and seven yeah so. so quite a bit of a difference quite a bit of a difference and as we all know, because everyone knows everything about me, <laughs> um, Tony Anise was my high school football coach. Oh, really? And uh, so I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I remember vividly playing uh, playing under him back in my days at Ann Arbor Pioneer High School uh, when I was still halfway awful football player. <laughs> but still could play. I was, I was the number two receiver in a uh, veer wing T style option offense. So I think one year they threw me the ball three times the whole right, year. There you go. Like, 
not uh, not necessarily the best system for me, but that's okay. Um, I didn't really know any better either. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? Transfer as a high school kid, you know? right? Um, but <laughs> it was fun, and he was a great coach. Um, he really knew how to rally the troops. Uh, he's he's an excellent motivator, and I don't know exactly, <laughs> excuse me, what it is, but he just. He's this really small guy, mm-hmm. and he just kind of demands this respect. And I don't – a lot of coaches demand the respect but don't always get it. Uh, but he just kind of has – as a coach, has that X factor to me. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, Coach Anissa has done a great job at Ferris. Um, his first year, we went down to North, North Dakota State and lost a FCS game, a game to an FCS team and kept us out of the playoffs. But outside of that one year, we've made the playoffs every year with Tony, which is great. Um this year's team, I think, is very good. Um, uh, J. Rue Campbell at quarterback. Um, he's former, shown he's got some yeah, great skills. Yeah, former Cast Tech quarterback. Uh, great, great quarterback. Um, and kind of tore it up in the first round. In the first round against Harding, uh, which is the team that knocked Ferris out uh, last year in the regional final, mm-hmm. uh, Ferris gets up on them 21-zip at halftime. And you think they got him because Harding runs the triple option. It's kind of like getting up on a team that runs, you know, full house T. You know, right. it's not r- really offense designed to come back. But Harding gets the ball, they score, make it twenty one six, and then Ferris fumbles, and it's a scoop and score. And just like that, we're you know we're playing, and Ferris held on. Um, but Barely. J- yeah, but Jeru gets Jeru was injured, so then this next game against Northwest Missouri State, uh, Coach East played three quarterbacks. Uh, four quarterbacks actually in one game wow. uh they ran the trick the trick play they ran against grand valley they ran a similar play to that in the first play of the game and mm-hmm. almost scored right uh J- yeah javon shaw threw that pass uh, evan cummins who's a redshirt freshman from livonia churchill he ran for a touchdown brett mooney who's a senior i believe from wisconsin threw for a fifth 40 50 yard pass and then travis russell who was the quarterback at West Catholic when they won all their state titles. He had a massive day, threw the ball well. Uh, so it was a quarterback by committee. Um, but uh, it's easy to look good when you got Cy Barnett and Keandre Craig up there. They're, Keandre Craig's a transfer that came in from another Division II school. Um, Cy Barnett is a player that wasn't even thinking about playing uh, college football, and now he's one of our best receivers. And another thing to look into is uh, – um, Malik Taylor is a uh, Ferris's stud from Montrose, and he missed almost the entire season, um, the entire regular season, and caught one pass against Northwood. But besides that, was non-existent and came back um, off the injury and had a huge day against North uh, against Harding and was almost as good against Northwest Missouri State. So I think we've got weapons that are building. Um, but we got to go on the road this week, which will be a big test. And, of course, Anise got the Montrose recruit because that's of, where he of course, before of he course, came of to course. Ann Arbor Pioneer. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, built a little bit of a mini dynasty there mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but now the rumor is he's floated as a replacement uh, for Central Michigan yeah, but for he, John, Ma- John Bonamago. Yeah, but they thought that. But when Bonamago got the job, too, that was the rumor. Um, yeah, but of course it's a rumor. That's all he it didn't is. want to go. I mean, he's very qualified to move up to the next level. Yeah, um, and he's also almost sixty years old, though. Right. So. I, yeah. He. I'm pretty sure he turned that. I don't think he was offered the center job, but I'm pretty sure he didn't want to even. You know, three or four years ago, 
Mm. He didn't want to leave when he was in the middle of something special. Mm. Um, but yeah, who knows? I mean, but they have a big they have a big test this week. Yeah, going on the road, Arkadelphia, Arkansas, playing Washita Baptist. That's a team that is similar to Ferris, um, building their program up. Got their first playoff win in dominating fashion against Indianapolis last week. Field looks like looks like just garbage. It looked you know it was uh, it will be an interesting environment. Um, pardon me, is rooting, rooting for Indianapolis to get the win, but uh, Ferris almost plays better on the road in the playoffs. You remember we all remember a few years ago when they beat Grand Valley in right. the playoffs, and then. Last year, they went to Fort Hayes State in Texas and um, got the win. Fort State, Missouri, Missouri. But they got the win there. Uh, so it, And it was not even close. So there's something about going on the road that road warriors, man. Hey, whatever works. I mean, that's uh, mm-hmm. be interesting to see how that, one, how that one shakes out. We all love going to Arkansas for road trips. Right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so uh, we had some other football news this weekend or some other – interesting games congratulations unity christian state right. champions yeah, yeah. wow and, and muskegon lost they did uh, king uh just kind of crazy but yeah unity christian here's a team that was in the okay green their only two losses of the year were to zealand east and zealand west they played very close games with holland christian holland and hamilton and here are the state champions yeah. kind of crazy unreal just yeah. uh what a season i mean they they went on a roll when the playoffs began i did i didn't it all started with that comeback win. I mean, that was an incredible comeback win over. I think it was Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge. Yeah. That was Oak Ridge was points. It was, they were down. It was like outscored them in the second half, something like thirty to two or yeah. thirty two. Oak Ridge was a state lo- championship level team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that really spurred their. That was the first round matchup. Yeah, the second round, but second, second round. Yeah, 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 that's right. It spurred their comeback. I mean, that, that started their comeback through. Oh, not comeback, but like their their streak to run through the playoffs of just yeah. unstoppable. Once they figured out they could come back from 30-plus points, that was like, well, we can do anything. And they went up against Portland, a team that we cover as well with in Ionia. Um, and I've covered them before, and they've got a great defense led by um, a couple of really strong, beefy guys that, that run. They go both ways on, side, on, on the ball. They're good. Um, they've been coached by John Navarro, who's been there twenty at least 20 years now. Uh, he's won a state title before. He knows what he's doing. They play Lansing Catholic and West Catholic in the playoffs, and they're always running into some some tough teams. That well, their defense is one of their best assets. They may not score a lot. They've got a great dynamic offense with a running back that scored five touchdowns in the regional final, and they've got a better defense. I thought, well, this will be a great competitive game. You know, first time seeing a wing T offense for them, and and they got rolled over like like it showed that it was the first yeah. time they saw a wing T. You know, I, I thought for sure they would have been able to. I figured out a little more just because they're they're a really good defense, but yeah, Unity Christian, OK Green Power just went through Portland. Well, I said I said the the crazy thing is is that Unity Christian just won a state championship, and they're not even the best team in our league at Full House T. That's right. true. That's, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like, absolutely true. That, just, that goes to Zealand West. <laughs> it's just crazy how that works sometimes. Of course, it's but just crazy with the parody and OK, like Craig Tibby has an o, the coach for Unity Christian has an O and nine record on his resume like how many great coaches in the green have like a really bad season on their resume because of how tough the league is yeah for sure I, pretty much everybody does yeah um, we could argue that this is i'm shillito's bad season was what four and five 
I think so, yeah, yeah a while yeah, ago. Four and five. But I think but we can argue that the OK Green is the best conference in the entire state. I yeah. mean, at least in West Michigan. Yeah. The thing that always gets me with the OK Green, like I know the OK Black had two teams in the state finals, Muskegon and Muskegon Mona Shores, but the bottom half of the black is really bad. Right. So Muskegon and Mona Shores are all really good, but the right. bottom's not very good. Top to bottom, there's no league like the OK Green. Right. I mean, Holland could have been a playoff team if they were in a different Absolutely. League. We yeah. talked about that before as well. It happened last year yeah. um, with Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I would have said that for about Hamilton last or we did say that about Hamilton last year. Mm-hmm. Just there's always going to be an odd team out because everyone beats up on each other, and that's going to leave somebody short of well, playoff wins. We, I'm a, I was on a member of the team for Hamilton. Yeah. We lost a, a game, a non-conference game to Coopersville, and we knew it was going to be tough from then on out just because of how tough every game is in mm-hmm. the league. You, you almost have to make the playoffs in the OK Green. You either have to win the league or be perfect in non-conference because of how how much of a meat grinder the regular season is for sure it's just crazy makes for for fun for the fans to watch and fun for us as well to cover those kinds of games it's, yeah. just, it's competitive football every, and that's what you want every game's good i yeah. mean that's awesome um we had a good one on sunday uh kirk cousins and the vikings against the packers yeah how about that three touchdown passes and they beat the packers again uh they they needed that win very badly the yeah. way things have gone they've had you know, three up and down weeks after looking promising. Uh, this is a huge win for them, uh, especially because Kirk played so well. And uh, I think this is this could be the start of them really putting it together. It was primetime game, and Kirk Cousins outdueled Aaron Rodgers. How about that? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Ever. Yeah, I, I could argue that as well. He went 17 for 28 for one touchdown, 198 yards. Kirk. 29 for 38, 342 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. That's, inc- that's incredible. I know the Packers are a little bit down this year in terms of their talent, but Rodgers can make things work. And we've seen that against the Lions right. in, clutch, in clutch times. For sure. I mean, but it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're playing an NFL team, and Cousins has three touchdown passes and no picks. Yeah. That's a game. Yeah. That's, you're going to win that game almost every time. Yeah. A fantastic Rogers performance. Rodgers throws a 50-yard Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Yeah, of course. Well, and the Lions have seen that. But now this this win keeps the Vikings in potential wild card uh, contention. Also possible NFC North contention with the Bears, even though they beat the Lions on Thursday. That's possible there. Right. That a loss would have really hurt their chances at a at a possible uh Yeah, I think they're in league title, good position. Uh, they gotta take care of business, obviously, but uh that puts them that puts them in very good position, which we cannot say about the Lions. Well, um, no, I don't even really think we need to talk about it. They lost the first place Bears when it looked like they had it. That seems very. Typical. It didn't look like they had it, but it was the most Lions way to lose ever. They build up your hopes, and then a pick six just deflates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty. That's what happened? We, how many times have we talked about just this season? Oh, we think they might be able to. Oh, and but we yeah. we we know, and we've talked about how that's what they do. That's their mo. Is yeah. They'll, They'll mess with you um, emotionally because you think every time you think they always beat teams that they have no business beating, and they but they will turn around and lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to, and uh, not that that's what happened on Thursday, but Thanksgiving that's a Lions game, you know that's their day, and uh, you know they just they just kind of it was almost like a team that just kind of ran out of gas, it just mm, yeah, you know, and it just. That's how it ended. They just I'm never. Almost, eh, no. When even when Stafford threw the pick into the end zone, it wasn't like I. It was almost like the, it was. It was the mindset of even if we tie this, we're gonna lose. Like it didn't feel like a game the Lions could win, which is kind of miraculous that it was even that close. But 
Of course, the, with the Lions, it's close, you know. Right. So it's close. They, they never get blown out. It's just except by the Jets. Yeah, unfortunately, um, they so. just they just didn't look cohesive. It just didn't look good at all. The first half wasn't good. They had a, just one touchdown, I think. Uh, that's it. I mean, yeah. and then they they had a decent comeback to tie it late, but yeah, they kind of they kind of threw it away at the end. But the Lions are just kind of plunging further and further down. They've lost another wide receiver to injury, Marvin Jones. So they traded away Golden Tate. They lost Marvin Jones to an injury, and then they didn't resign Eric Ebron from last year, which I argue is probably the best choice, but he's thriving in Indianapolis right now, doing very well. A change of senior can do that for a guy. Right. You never know. And now you got to spread off. But now to throw to. there's one guy, Kenny Galladay, there, and that's it. That's it. That's all they've got left. And maybe LeGarrette Blunt uh, a little bit, but no, that's yeah. it's pretty much uh, downhill offensively from here on out. So I feel like they're underusing Zach Zenner as well. I, they just resigned him as well. I, yeah. I feel like Every time he goes in, he gets five or six yards, and then they take him out. It's like what? he's a good power back. He he's very very strong, can get you through some guys. And if you use him and, and blunt correctly, mm-hmm. it could be a strong offense. But I think the problem right now is Jim Bob Cooter in that offense. Well, he was pretty good the first time mm-hmm. around, and now he's starting to look a little old. And, right. and his offensive mm-hmm. uh, play calling isn't great <laughs> anymore. And no, no, no. and people are starting to blame Stafford for that, which I think is wrong. Uh, if he doesn't have any talent around him, how's he gonna exactly uh, get those get those uh, plays made? But yeah, the Lions—they really need some help right now. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they finish out the season um, with with those injuries and and kind of getting through the the rest of December um, with less talent than they started with. It's it's another Lions year, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So. Nothing surprises me anymore. No. Um, so we wanted we got high school boys basketball tipping off tonight. Um, we want to talk starting. about talk about that a little bit. Give us give you guys a little season preview, what to look for. Um, so as everyone read in the Sentinel, uh, we had our five storylines to watch. Um, we have Hal uh, Christian returning to the Civic and Hamilton starting under Nick Cronemeyer, West Ottawa. You know, re reloading after re trying to rebuild re, somewhere in the middle of rebuilding and reloading uh, after their run to the state finals, and um, can the Saugatuck Fenville rivalry stack up? Have balance again. again. I've, Fenville's kind of had their way a little bit, and uh, it's it's just and and how good is Clayton Dykehouse? That was the other one. <laughs> yeah, um, which is. Uh, leaves us with a lot of questions. The Civic Center looks great. I'm excited to see what That's those games really are cool. going to look like. Um, it was not right watching Holland Christian play at DeVos Fieldhouse. It just it doesn't seem doesn't have the same doesn't feel seem right at all. Um, I mean, I know they did what they had to do. I'm not saying they shouldn't have played last year there, uh, but it's going to be good to see them back in the Civic. Um, side note: uh, they're not the Friday games. The Holland Holland Christian games are not the Friday games. Okay, which means. The Holland girls will not play in the Civic Center this year, which I think is kind of lousy. That's unfortunate. Considering, you know, that it's their Civic Center, too. Yeah. You know, it's the Holland Civic Center. And I think that that's, that's pretty lousy. That First of all, that those games aren't back-to-back on Friday nights. Right. Um, but just that's, you'd think out of all the people that should, the only road team that must play at the Civic Center for the girls, because the Holland Christian girls play on Tuesdays at the high school 
they don't play the Civic Center every game. They play Friday night doubleheaders at the at the Civic Center with the boys. So that's why it's different because the Holland the Tuesday Holland game, Holland Holland Christian game that's a Tuesday will be at the Civic Center because that's where the boys play. Um, but the girls will only play in the doubleheader. Yeah. So, that, but of all the road teams, road team it's their town too. You yeah, know, like right. That that seems like an oversight. Yeah, certainly. That's. Uh, that's very odd, but I'm looking forward to seeing how people embrace the new Civic Center. There's there's less uh, there's more suites now than there were stands on the right side, um, I guess behind the benches if you want to call it that the, sure. the team benches. Uh, but it's it's a beautiful looking gym. It, it looks the same. The, the dimensions are the same. It's just it's, a lot newer it still looking. Still has the old feel. It does. It does. It's uh, a good mixture, I think. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out in the first couple of games. And for, um, sure. for me, my storyline this year is going to be Hamilton girls basketball. They had a great run last year, um, but uh, they have some youth and inexperience. And I don't know if uh, Caleb, if you have any insight into that as well, um, but it's going to be interesting. First of all, Hamilton Holland Christian rivalry will be on Friday. I know that one is on That'll Friday. Be good. That one is on Friday, and it also should be. Those two should both be. Um, and I'm pretty sure that both the Zeal and East West games are on Tuesdays. But, See, they, but they scheduled it. They schedule it differently, where it's not home and home. They start one of the games at five thirty. And they double header it on Tuesdays. Zealand has this arrangement that they do. I oh, think really? Holland should do that. That'd mm-hmm. be nice. That game too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Sorry, you were saying uh, young roster. Uh, not not necessarily young, but a small roster. Nine girls on the team this year for Hamilton, but talented. Um, you've got Bria Scrotenbor, Sierra Scrotenbor, Ricky Ediger, and AJ Ediger. And what will be the main question is who's going to fill that fifth starting spot. Um, I feel like you've got talent uh, with Sally Merrill and Olivia Lappinga. They're both very talented. Um, they have uh, players like you know Allie Jennings, Kari Dry. I, mean, I know I'm missing I'm missing someone, but uh, Brittany um, Dreisinger is the last. Brittany, Dre- yep. Brittany Dreisinger. Yeah. yeah, they are. They're nine, but they're all athletic. They're all good. Um, it, they'll probably have to play all nine. Uh, we're not going to be very deep, but as long as you have <laughs> Bria Scrotenbor and. Sierra Scrotum were out there playing defense. Uh, right. Probably going to be a little success- very Sierra successful. Sierra really came of age uh, during the playoffs last year. It was really good to see. Um, you knew A.J. Ediger as a freshman. was She was already beyond kind of her years with basketball experience. And it definitely helped her having Wolfram and Burrish. Right. Oh, yeah. And, they yeah, they beat the heck out of her in practice. And <laughs> they all beat the heck out of each other, and it was great. And it made them all better. Um, and, you know, and she – she got to watch a little bit too when she was injured for a few games so she also got that bit of perspective uh, sometimes that is really helpful especially for a young player to be able to just focus on watching and learning um, but if she's healthy all year she's going to be a monster mm-hmm. and Bria was our co-player of the year last year and Sierra's going to be great and yeah I mean and Ricky just is placing some lights out D That's, I mean I still see him I still see him winning the green and districts um, and then we'll kind of see what happens there, yeah. how they're going. But it'll be, in, I just, it'll be interesting to see uh, if Sally and Olivia can step into that role and be that next next girl up kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, for I'm, sure. Yeah, and the boys side for me, I'm, I'm looking at Zeeland East as well. They got a pretty good team coming back, except they're missing Adam Berghorst. I'm not sure if Boone's uh, playing either. And Boone, Boone Bonema right is not on the roster that I'm looking so that's at here. Their post from last year. So they year. got two guys that are gone. But they do return Clayton Dykehouse, who has committed to Hope College, uh, a very talented player, a very talented guard. 
Uh, he was all conference last year. I think he averaged around 19 points uh, per game. He he can control the floor for you very well. And uh, the Chicks last year, they tied for third in the OK Green. I don't know what that will be this year because it's always a, a good conference. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill those pieces in without uh, Berghorst and Bonomo, though. Right. And then you got Holland Christian that's got – you know, pretty much everybody returning from their team that were all six, four or five guys. Their point guard was six four. Their center was six four, <laughs> and everyone was six four. It's <laughs> just, a lot. They just all and they and they just, you know, they had a bunch of good players and they put it together. And David Cool's a really good coach, um, so that's going to be something to watch for. And then on the flip side, you got Nick Cronemeyer um, back at his, coaching at his alma mater. Um, it's a cool, very cool storyline. Very, he's a very energetic, passionate coach. He was that way as a player at. Uh, Calvin and at Hamilton before that and he's been waiting his whole life to coach he told me that when he got hired he's been he's been focused on getting ready to coach since high school who does that I mean that's amazing for somebody who is as talented and working on things as a player um, to do that and he has the passion to you know kind of turn this right the ship I don't want to say turn it around it wasn't they were okay I mean as but it needed I mean they needed a change and this is going to be that Energy boost, kind of like when Hope Football got Peter Sturzma as coach, gave the team a little bit of an energy injection. And I think that's what's going to happen at Hamilton. I think they're going to have a really good year. Um, yeah, I mean, with Unity's going to have a good year. Uh, Unity always has a good year. They always have a good year. Yes. You know they're, why? Because they might hold you to one shot in a quarter the way they play defense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Their junior varsity team last year undefeated 20-0 yeah um, so they, just reloading they just get it done and they get it done defensively i mean i remember years where like zealand east had all state players and they would go they would go into unity christian and they would score like 26 points in a game <laughs> and but and only lose by five you yeah. know or something yeah. like that unity, because that's yeah. on the pace yeah they slow the pace down and they have they have gone a little more up tempo recently yeah. but, but that's a really big adjustment for people mm-hmm. yeah and they they won't get out coached. They've got Sozma, who's in the five hundred plus club. Right, I mean, he's good. Uh, I am very very excited. The first conference game in the new Civic Center is a rival. It's the it's the it's a rivalry game. Hamilton Holland Christian, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be it's gonna be loud. It's gonna be it's gonna be what Hamilton Holland Christian used to be. I yeah, think absolutely. And that that rivalry needed a resurgence too, um, because. It used to be really good. We had a good stretch for both the boys and girls for a, quite a while, you know, maybe eight, ten years ago, back when Nick was playing, actually. Yeah. Um, they had games in the – they had, I feel like they had, made, had back-to-back games and went to overtime in the Civic Center. And the the girls' team, that was the that was like the conference championship game. It was whoever won those, those two games, and it went to um, Holland Christian quite a bit. And then we had the Ashley Overbeek era where it went to Hamilton a couple times. Mm-hmm. Then it went back to Holland Christian for a while, and now it's been back with Hamilton for a while. Um, Look, Coach Cronemeyer's senior year, I mean, these, these games used to come down to the wire every time. You know. Coach Cronemeyer's senior year, Holland Christian won at Hamilton by like three. Mm-hmm. Holland Christian won at the Civic Center by one, and then Hamilton won in districts by like two. Yeah. It was great. Every game was epic, um, and every, but the student sections were all there. It was packed. Mm-hmm. Both places. It was just great. It's a great rivalry, and uh, I think that this could bring that back. I mean, I think that the um, you know Holland Holland Christian is probably our top basketball rivalry historically, 
But Holland's going to have another down rebuilding year this year. Holland Christian's going to be good. Mm-hmm. The, I feel like the Holland Christian Hamilton games are going to be, at least on paper, much more exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not forgetting about the Saugatuck Fenville rivalry being one of our great rivalries, too. We're really lucky to have so many great basketball rivalries. Mm-hmm. Um, you think Saugatuck Fenville has a great football rivalry? Man, go watch one of their basketball games. It is insane. The whole town, both towns show up, standing room only. Everybody's three deep in the hallway looking through the doors and the windows. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, so that that should be you know another good rivalry this year too. I mean, there's just so much to look forward to. I mean, Holland. I mean, I actually think West Iowa's going to have a, a, a tough year. Uh, they lost their whole start, their starting five. Yeah, from a from a state finals team, they got some good players, but in the red, it's going to be tough. I'm not saying they can't compete in the red. I'm just saying it's going to be real tough because Hudsonville's going to be good, Rockford's going to be good. It's just it's a good conference, um, so that'll be interesting that way. Um, but yeah, the green, anything kind of does happen. I mean, I still think the girls goes through Hamilton uh, as far as the green goes. I'm interested to see how the West Ottawa girls do in the red, actually. Certainly. Yeah, I think this could be a year. Um, it, it could be a you know kind of a resurgence year for them. They had a pretty good year last year. Um, but Natalie Dunn is one year older, one year better. Um, She's a senior. They returned Danny Kuyper and Abby Sprick, both seniors. Yeah. That's going to be a good That's a lot of, good three. That's a lot of experience. Um, and it's just they're... This year, I mean, we had it when I started here at Sentinel. We had Saugatuck girls basketball team was really good every year, and then we had like usually one other girl that was really good, maybe our player of the year or something like that. It was Jenna Plewis, who was West Ottawa's coach for a while, that played at Zealand uh, and Cornerstone. But we had a stretch where it was like, man, man, I wonder who's going to be the player of the year because it was like trying to figure out who the best player out of a bunch of Verkeik, slightly Verkeik, above Verkeik. average. It was besides Verkeik. Yeah, before Verkeik. Uh, everyone knew Christopher Kike was the player of the year three of three years in a row. Um, but you look now at the girls. We've got you got A.J. Ediger. She could be the player of the year. She has a monster year as a, and is healthy. Bria Scrotemore was our co-player of the year last year. Hamilton guard with Meg Morehouse, who's back at Zealand East yep. as a guard. You got Natalie Dunn at West Ottawa, and you got Madeline Moore at Saugatuck that has scored thirty points in a game before. Um, you look at all those; that's that's five players going into the year that you got to watch. Because and again, Kaylee Baker. Yeah. Well, let's not forget about Kaylee Baker. That's six kids that. Tori Roskamp. Tori, uh, Tori Roskamp could be on the All Area team. I don't think she could be the player of the year in the area. She's really good. But she's but you got going into the year you got that at least six kids that could be the player of the year because yeah. they're that good. That's exciting. We haven't had that in a while. I mean, we had the runs where you had nobody, like I said. Then you had the runs where you knew it was Christopher Kike for three years. You knew it was Ashley Overbeek for three years. Uh, this is great just for the sport of basketball to have this kind of um, this kind of parity amongst players as well as teams. Yeah. Um, because it just brings the best out on everybody. And opening night next Tuesday, Natalie Dunn versus Megan Morehouse when you get West Ottawa playing Zealand East in the opening game. And then the next game, West Ottawa's got to play Zealand West the next week. Um, they all face each other, and that's really, really cool to see. Um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who kind of separates themselves a little bit. Um, as far as the player, the, I know that we're way early here, but that's you know that's kind of the fun of it, talking about that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, Bria Scrotemore, uh, as a starter at Hamilton, record is uh, sixty-four and nine wow. as a starter. So that's, that's pretty bad. impressive. That's not bad, yeah. especially considering that three of those losses came to whoever they lost to in the playoffs. Yeah. So and then they got swept by Byron Center as freshmen. So right. 
That's five that's of the five losses of the right there. Nine losses. That's, that's really good. It's another marquee match you're going to have. I know I'm kind of talking all about Hamilton, but... Hey, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're a Hamilton expert. It's all good. Right. Uh, girls Hoops, Hamilton opens with South Christian. Those are two teams that both made the quarterfinal last year. Yeah. It's exciting. So that's that would be a good matchup. And South Christian's coach is a former Holland Christian coach as well. So should be uh, yeah, should be competitive. Yeah. That's going to be a real good game. It will be. It's going to be a real good game. And that's be. only the beginning. It's only yep. the beginning. I... I hated that we got so much snow this weekend but it has mentally prepared me for high school basketball season i feel like i wasn't well he's just there and now i'm like all right well i guess it's the winter uh you know we had a nice kind of almost a week off uh from high school sports there for a while yeah uh for since we had nobody in the final this year can i spark a debate here Ooh, i like i like like that yes uh who is the best post in the green this year for the fellas yes Wow! Without having Burghorst there, that's a great right. question. Yeah, wow. so from the top of my head, I don't I mean, know. Got, I mean, Mason Baker's real good. Mason Baker's real good. Um, I honestly don't know who is really the post player in Holland Christian because they're all the same size. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ethan Aldrin's a really good player, and uh, they got a bunch of really good guys. But I don't know if they have Chris. Right, Chris Mockman plays. Yeah, they returned um, Vince Overway, Chris Mockman, oh, Gabe Overway, yeah. Brady Howe, and Ethan Aldrink. I think yeah. I think one of those guys, whoever plays a post in that rotation, which right, is so going to be interesting. Brady not six five. No. Right, so, <laughs> so, but I think it's whoever plays a post against and Hall Christian will yeah, probably Vince, be the best I mean, one Vince right is now. A, Vince is a power forward. I mean, that's kind of his been his thing. Um, that's and then you got Brad mm-hmm. Osborne yep. at Hamilton. I'm looking forward to these individual matchups because that could be the game in the green each game because. I mean, outside of Dyke House, I don't think there's necessarily a lights-out guard. I don't think so either. Not on the offensive side. At least offensively. offensively. Um, So, I mean, that means that Brad Osborne and Mason Baker are going to be, you know, physical down low in a game. Yep. and Gabe Overway is the Hall Christian post. So those three guys. Eli Steffen can be pretty dynamic offensively, um, too. Yeah. it's a little different way than Clayton is, but um, but that could be even so. You you got you know what you're getting from those guards. That the difference could be which of those guys plays the best in the post. That's a great question yeah. because the, each of them does something different. Um, I mean, Mason Baker is really strong underneath, and he can shoot. Brad can shoot, but he has really good post footwork, mm-hmm. and Vince Overway can do a lot of things offensively really really well and if his defense has improved this year that could be a huge factor too i'm not saying he was like a defensive liability or anything like that but offense was his forte sure Um, sure but you put that together and whoever has the best well-rounded game that could decide a lot of okay green uh okay green games um which will be really interesting really interesting to see um that could be the 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 x factor um as far as who even leading you know two of those wins that where one of them outshines the other could be the difference between first and second place or second and third place um, could be the difference between who wins districts and who's the runner up mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of those teams play each other in districts so there's a lot uh, a lot of good things to look forward to out, out there in the high school basketball season and it starts tonight and uh, we will recap the first week of the boy the boys season starts this week the girls start next week so it's different than in years past uh, we'll recap the first week of the boys in our podcast next week and uh Talk a little bit more about the girls and uh, 
and Hope College. Hope College basketball, they had some games. Yep, uh, that has already started. Yeah, how have we not talked about that? Sam Vanderslice, boy, for yeah, there you go. He kind of dominated Hope there a little bit. Uh, Eleven, he, they've played eleven games. He's had eleven double doubles. Uh, he just been really graduate. good. This plays center for Cornerstone. Uh, Hope didn't play bad, but Sam they just ran into Sam. I That's mean, it. He really played a lot better. Um, Don't sleep on Calvin. Yeah, and Calvin beat Cornerstone the night before. Yeah. Uh, now Cornerstone shot about twenty five percent. You know, but yeah, it still can happen. Calvin's going to be better than they were last year, um, which could help. Will help elevate the rivalry. Oh uh, yeah, which is always good. Um, so I mean, Hope split their games. They beat Aquinas. Uh, beating Cornerstone would have been a huge momentum boost for them, uh, but it did not happen. So it's more of a huge motivating factor now for them. Uh, but they're going to get back on track. They're going to be they're going to be a good team this year, and we'll definitely break that down more as we go along the season too. And we will talk more about um, Grand Valley basketball as we get a little bit further into um, with the jake and lake show they have going on uh, with our local kids um jake's been playing really well and lake's been playing really well too he just doesn't yeah. see quite as much playing time he's a he comes off the bench um but yeah there are a lot of things going on this this winter and we haven't even talked about swimming and wrestling we'll get into Not those yet. uh and hockey we'll get into those next week west Idaho hockey started they've had an up and down year already um after their big run in the postseason last year so Plenty of things, plenty of things, plenty of things. So uh, we want to thank our guest, Caleb Essing, for uh, his insight on everything that is Hamilton and Division Two and Ferris State um, and, and Michigan and everything else, Michigan State. Uh, it was great to have you. Uh, look forward to seeing you out at a lot of Hamilton games, leading some, leading the rowdy student section that has uh, has uh, crept up again. They've really done Hamilton. a great job this year. You yeah, guys have done a great job. Volleyball games, Hawks Nest. That was great. Yeah. Uh, Hawks Nest there. They they bring it. They they mean business. They were great at the football games this yes. year too. I mean, that, it's it's been a really uh, cool thing to see uh, that resurgence of the fan interest and in everything um, at Hamilton, and they deserve it. There, everybody's playing really really well. So, um, and for Chris, I'm Dan. We will uh, look forward to seeing you out at sports. Go out and watch some sports, and we'll see you next week.